Hey, welcome to The Quest. Thank you guys for being with us today. Always great to have you with us, especially if you're just checking us out. If you do happen to be checking us out, I want to encourage you to scan the QR code that's right there. And if you will follow the link, it will help answer some of the questions that you might have about our vision and our passions. And even in this series, we're talking about some of those things, so it might help you to connect with us. That's really what we want to do is we want to help connect you to us and us to you. Also, we encourage everyone, if you like this talk or if you find it helpful or encouraging, I want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this video and share it on the social media platforms that you're a part of. It helps us connect with people and it helps us to live out our vision online. So we're wrapping up a series that we've been in entitled Cannonball, and it's discovering the fun of an impactful life. The summertime usually includes pool time, and you always have these people that dive for show. You know, they just try to create a little splash. But the cannonball affects people. The cannonball delivers maximum impact. It's designed to get people wet in the pool and out of the pool. And when it comes to your life, you were designed to live a maximum impact life, a cannonball life. God created you to live a significant life, a life that touches the lives of others. In fact, one of the scriptures we've been looking at through this series that shows us this is when Jesus said this. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You were designed for a cannonball life. It's not about being an extrovert. It's about being a convert. It's not about living an inconspicuous life or a blending in life. It's about living a life that stands out. And it's because God is in you and you are the light of this world for people to see the goodness of God the power of God, and so that you can carry out the mission from God. And the mission that God has given everyone that loves him is to reach the lost. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Do not disqualify yourself. And don't say, hey, Dave, I'm sorry. That's just not something that I can do. Because there's a couple of things we got to get out of that commission that Jesus left us. And the first one is this. God will never ask you to do what he will not help you to do. He says that he will be with us through the end of the age. See, reaching lost people requires our activity, but it also requires God's power. God's plan to reach the lost includes you. And guess what? There is no plan B. You're it. And when it comes to being the light of the world, we also need to remember this. When you're convinced that hell is real, you'll do all you can to reach all you can. And I want to be really careful with that statement because I'm not talking about hell to scare you into heaven. But we have to understand what is at stake. Hell is a real place. And when we're convinced it's real, it will move us from our comfort zone to the mission that God has left us to live. So as we restart the quest and as we begin to meet again, it's important for us to reconnect with why we exist as a church. Why did we even start this church? Why did we plant this church 17 years ago? See, understanding why we exist changes how we exist. It it redefines our actions. So just as a quick recap, our vision gives us a purpose to live out. This is about why we exist as a church, why we exist as individuals in this church. This is something that all of us need to know because it defines who all of us are. And our vision is to creatively love and lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. And that vision should be 
more than a slogan. It has to be more than just a saying. The vision gives us a purpose to live out. One of the reasons that purpose is so important is because it defines the quality of the life that we live. It establishes a joy to the life that we have. You're not just going through the motions of life. You actually have a new reason for life. I love the lyrics in Toby Mac's song, Lose My Soul, because what he says is this, Lord, forgive us when we get consumed by the things of this world that fight for our love and our passion. As our eyes are open wide and on you, grant us the privilege of your worldview and may your kingdom be what wakes us up and lays us down. I love that. A new reason for living. A new purpose for our lives. Proverbs says this, Where there's no vision, the people are uncontrolled, but he who keeps the law will be happy. We need to be so surrendered to God that His mission gives us a new reason to live. We need to be so surrendered to God that He gives us not only a new life, but He gives us a new reason for living. When it comes to being the light of the world, something else we need to remember is this. Our values give us priorities to live with. Everyone has values. Values are beliefs that establish our behaviors. They are principles that establish the priorities of our behaviors. Your values are things that are so important to you that they prioritize the activity of your day. No matter how busy your day is, we always squeeze in our priorities. We always make room for those priorities in our life. Our values and priorities determine why we carry out this vision that God has given to us. The early church, they had clear values. We read this scripture last week, but you can hear and you can see the values as we read the scriptures. Follow along if you will. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Values give us priorities that determine what we devote ourselves to. Values determine our behaviors. Here's something we need to understand. If our vision doesn't move us, if it doesn't inspire us, something bad will happen. It's this. In time, we will do what is easy. Maybe even what comes naturally. And when I say naturally, what I mean is we will do what doesn't require God in us. God has placed us here and He's given us a vision and He's given us a purpose that is important, not easy. And that requires His presence and His power in us. So we're going to look at why we do what we do. Why do we live out this vision to creatively love and lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus? Our values tell us why we do this vision. And, and first of all, here's the one value we have. We care about people. People matter to God, and so they matter to us. In Matthew 9, Scripture says, When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them because they were hurting and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We've got to remember that the people that come into our lives, the people that come into the doors of our church, are people that Jesus died for, people that God cares about. We encounter people every single week that are hurting, looking for life, looking for purpose, needing healing, 
and seeking to discover meaning for their lives and for the circumstances of their life. People have a hope to connect with God. They need encouragement. They need strength. They need someone that cares for them in their condition. And we need to write this down. We care about people because God cares about people. God cares about people, and that's why they are a value to us. Another one of the values is this. Lost people are our passion. What owns our heart are people that are disconnected from God. We will do all that we can to reach all that we can. If someone is disconnected from God, if someone does not have a relationship with God, we will do all we can to help them and to lead them in a place where they can discover God for themselves. Jesus said this. He said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. It was Jesus' priority. It was his passion. Jesus told a story about leaving the 99 sheep and going after the one. That was his passion. So we will also unapologetically do all that we can to connect with people that are disconnected from God. Here's something else you might want to write down. When lost people are our passion, we will hang out with them so we can reach them. We need to be surrounded by people that are disconnected from God so that we can help them connect to God, so that we can have an impact in their lives. I mean, the key, though, is we hang out with them. We don't become like them, right? We follow Jesus' example, and he hung out with sinners. He hung out with people that were disconnected because they were his passion, but he never became like them. He came to lead them out of sin, not go into their sin with them. Here's another value we have. Encountering God changes lives. Encountering God changes our lives personally. We know this, that people that encounter God, anyone that encounters God, encounters a changed life. It changes how we feel. It changes our perspective. It changes our confidence. It changes how we live. It changes everything. It changes our heart and our standing with God. It heals our hang-ups. It frees us from addictions. He changes our desires in this world and our destiny when we leave this world. You can't encounter God and not be changed. So as a church, we intentionally create atmospheres for people to encounter God. Whether it be life recovery groups, whether it be connection groups, whether it be gatherings that we have on Sunday, every environment that we create for people to encounter God is significant because there's a potential for changed life. See, there is a dynamic that happens when we worship together, when we come together. Here's what Jesus said. He says, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Meeting together is not a routine or a ritual. It's a privilege that we need and others need. It's an opportunity to encounter God in a powerful way. One of the things we need to remember is when we meet together, you can write this down, it's an opportunity for us to experience God for ourselves. This is so necessary for each life, personally, our lives included, that we encounter God so that our lives are changed. We really do take this seriously. We do all that we can as a church when we create these environments to remove the distractions that prevent us from encountering God. One of the things that we do in our gathering is we turn the lights down during worship because we say when the lights are down, our focus is up. When the lights are down, we're not distracted and looking at other people. We're looking up and we're focused on our connection and that relationship that we have of worshiping God, why we are there in the first place. It's all of our responsibilities to remove the obstacles that keep people from encountering God. 
and experiencing life change. I want to go back to that statement. If we don't understand why we exist, we're going to create something that is easy, something that is different. Whatever it is that's easy or different will become a distraction to the purpose that God has given to us. And that can be a lot of things like coming in late, leaving early, talking to people during the gathering, talking to people during these environments. We've got to remember that we creatively love and lead people. And we lead with our example. Our actions are examples for other people to follow. Our action shows what is important. So if we come in late, we're showing that it's okay to come in late. If we leave early, then we're showing, hey, it's okay to leave early. If we're being a distraction with our life, if we're taking the easy route that's a distraction to our purpose, that becomes an example that we're giving for other people to follow. So two things that we can work on. First of all, the first one is this. Don't be a distraction for others. First of all, leave the distractions of your life at home. We all have them. They're a part of our lives. But we can intentionally focus when we come together to not be a distraction. And that can be we can leave our worries and our attitudes and our agendas and our plans. And we encourage you to come to these environments, to these gatherings, to encounter God and encounter others. To be with God and be with others. To love on God and love on others. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he says, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Listen, when we are a distraction to others, it's because we are distracted ourselves. That's important to remember. Just understand that people will imitate you. People will encounter God based on your example that you leave them. And here's a sobering thought. You might want to write this one down. When I'm a distraction, I'm taking the attention from God. Remember, we come together in all these environments to encounter God so that when we become the distraction in these environments, we're taking people's attention away from God. We value encounters with God because encounters with God changes lives. Here's another thing we can work on, and that's this. Let your actions be a positive example for others. Scripture reminds us over and over just how important our example is. In 1 Timothy, it says, Be an example to all believers in what you say and in the way that you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity. And I like how the message says it. It says, Teach believers with your life, by word, by demeanor, by love, by faith, and by integrity. Our example says to others, Act as I do. I know that's pretty sobering, but that's what it means to have an impactful life. You're leading people with your actions. Your life is an invitation to others to live as I do. To your kids, to your friends, to your neighbors, to people disconnected from God. Your example to others shows what's important. One last value I want to look at, and that's this. We choose to be generous because it reflects God. We choose to be generous with people because God is generous with us. See, the Bible is the standard that we live by. It's what tells us what is right and what is wrong. The standard tells us how to live. And the Bible says this, God's works are so great, worth a lifetime of study. Endless enjoyment, splendor and beauty mark His craft. His generosity never gives out. God's extravagant generosity towards us compels us to be extravagantly generous towards others in our life. We are so blessed. 
each one of us, we are so blessed. And it's only when we realize how blessed we are that we respond with generosity as an expression of our gratitude to God. Scripture tells us this, This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. We are a blessed people, and we are blessed by God himself. Scripture tells us that all that we have has been given to us by God. You might want to write this down. We have been given so much so we can give so much. God says and models that giving is important. How we give is essentially important. If I can just say this right from the very beginning, we have so many generous people at the quest people that love to invest in God's work, people that love to invest in God's kingdom, people that love to invest in people. Our ability to be generous or selfish is something that reflects our heart. It really is about our affections and our desires, our wants and our willingness to help, our availability to provide to our church, our availability and our desire to provide to people. How we invest in others, how we invest in God's kingdom, how we invest in our church, is a reflection of our heart. It exposes the desires of our heart. It exposes what's important in our lives because we will always invest in what's important. Generosity is about how we steward what God has given to us. What do we do with all that God has given to us? Do we use it on ourselves? Do we give it back to God? Are we as generous with God as He is with us? Just be careful because we all have this tendency to make generosity about bottom line. How is this going to affect me? But that is a very selfish perspective, which again is a heart issue. Just remember, long before we invest our time and our talents and our treasures into God's kingdom and into the lives of others, our heart has already determined where we will give, why we will give, and how much we will give. If you want to be generous, and maybe you're not, you need an encounter with God, a changed life, a changed heart. Spend time with God, looking at the generosity that He has given to you, and allow that generosity to create a gratitude of giving back to Him. So let me just give you a few application steps really quick as we wrap this up. As we wrap up why we do what we do, as we wrap up this why do we live out this vision that God has given to us. First action step is this, make people your priority. You'll never care for people that are not a priority in your life. Here's another action step, love those that are disconnected from God, not judge them. Think of ways to love them, think of ways to serve them, think of ways to help them. Allow those that are disconnected from God to own your heart. Just remember this, each one of us were disconnected from God. You can identify with where they're at. You can identify with the hopelessness and the helplessness that comes from that disconnection from God. I want to encourage you to allow your former life of being disconnected from God to inspire you to new ways of loving and connecting with people. Another action step is this. Make your encounters with God a priority daily. If encountering God changes lives, 
You can encounter God in your bedroom. You can encounter God in your closet. You can encounter God as you're driving. You can encounter God many different places, but it needs to be a priority. It's not something that we just flippantly experience. It's something that we schedule because it's important. If we value something, it becomes a priority in our lives. I want to encourage you to allow encountering God to be a priority because it's so important. Just understand this. You've not reached the goal yet. None of us have. God is always going to be changing us. We are constantly being shaped and formed into the image of His Son. A changed life will always be a part of following Jesus. Make that a priority. Spend time loving God. The last action step is this. Make generosity your expression of gratitude to God who is generous with you. Make generosity your expression of gratitude to God because He is generous with you. That can begin today. That can begin this moment. Allow gratitude to change your heart and to fill you with generosity. Understand this. All that you have has been given to you by God. And every time we give generously, it's an expression of our gratitude to God. And every time we don't give, it's an expression of our lack of gratitude to God. Man, I want us so much as a church to live out this vision that God has given us to creatively love and lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. It is so important, but that vision has to change how we live. It has to change the activities. And in order for those activities to get lived out in our lives, it has to reflect these values. We care for people. The lost are our passion. Encountering God changes lives, and so we seek those encounters with God. And we are generous with God because He's generous with us. If your life is not established around a relationship with God, if He's not the priority in your life and you want that, all you have to do is ask Him. All you have to do is tell Him, God, I want you to be the priority in my life. I want you to be the center of my life. And make Him the most important person in your life, more important than even you. When we establish God as the most important person in our lives, that value, that priority changes how we live. We don't live to please ourselves. Now we live to please God. And yes, you're going to make mistakes, but it's okay. You get up and you keep going. So when we pray, I just want to encourage you to talk to God. I want to encourage you to reach out to God and to ask Him for that. Let's all pray together. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we come to you and I just thank you for each person listening. I thank you for those that want to begin this relationship, those that want to build their lives around you, Father. Father, that you would become the center of their lives. And I ask that as they call out to you, as they ask for forgiveness of their past, as they set you as the priority of their life, Father, that you would fill them with love and fill them with a new purpose and a new reason for living. Father, give them hope for this world and give them a new destiny. Father, change the desires that they have in this life as you change their destiny for the life to come. Father, for every single one of us, I ask that you would help us to live out these values, not our own values that divide us, but these values that we've been talking about that unite us together, these values that allow us to live the vision that you've given us to live. Father, help us to be the church that you've called us to be. Help us to reach people 
that you love so much that you care about. Father, may that be the priority of our lives. Father, may that be the reason that wakes us up in the morning and puts us to bed at night. May your kingdom give us a new reason to live. Father, help us to be the light in this world that you've called us to be. Help us to be the love that this world needs. Father, help us to take steps out of our comfort zone to carry out the mission that you've given us to live. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to remind you that God has put people in your lives right now that you can practice what we've talked about today. People that you can care about, people that are your passion, people that are disconnected from God. God's given you environments for you to encounter Him. Make those a priority in your life. And God's given you the opportunity to be generous with Him just as He's been generous with you. Learning to give to God, learning to be generous with God, learning to give to our church is something that we learn. It's a faith that we develop in time as we exercise the faith that's in our life. And so whatever God puts in your heart to give, I encourage you to give that. Whatever's on your heart to give to God, make that the priority. Be generous with God as He's generous with you. I promise you this, that what you give God will in turn bless you. God will in turn cover that expense in your life. He already has. He gives us everything that we need. Living these values is not something that comes easy, but I know this, that God will give us the strength that we need as we depend on Him, as we ask Him for help. God, help us to care for people. God, help us to have a passion for those that are disconnected. Father, help us to make encountering you a priority. Father, help us to be generous. As those become our prayers, they also become the activity of our lives. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in you. I'm excited to see as you step out of your comfort zone, what God is going to accomplish through your life, because I know it's going to be great. It always is. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Listen, I just want to encourage you, if you're not in a connection group, get in one. We need people that we assimilate with. We need people that we pray with. We need people that we belong to. We talked about that last week. If you missed that talk, check it out. Also, thank you for your financial gifts to The Quest. They mean so very much and they help us carry out the vision that God has given to us. They help us exist as a church. And I just want to thank you for your generosity. And I want to encourage you that if you haven't been generous, that you would Take a step today in being generous with God. I just want to encourage you that if you want to connect with us, scan the QR code that's right here, follow the link. It will allow you to fill out a prayer request. It'll allow you to give online. It'll allow you to do many different things that connect you to us as a church. And that's really what we want to do. We want to help you. We want to pray with you. Thank you for being with us again today. Have a wonderful week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.